You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, let's begin the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio Show. I'm Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Today, we're going to be talking about eliminating Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. That's right. You heard me correctly. We're talking about getting rid of these tax tools, these ways of saving for retirement. Now, for those of you that don't know the difference between a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k, I'm going to give you the 30 second version right now just so that you are aware of what we're talking about. We're getting rid of these things. So a traditional 401k, you take money out of your paycheck, goes into your 401k, and you don't pay taxes on that transaction. You don't pay taxes on the income that you've earned that gets thrown into that 401k until you retire or take the money out later. So you don't pay taxes now, you pay later. With a Roth 401k, money comes out of your paycheck, but you pay tax on it. The IRS says, oh, you earned that this year, you pay taxes this year, but you never pay tax on it again. And if you put ten thousand in this year, and you don't, and you pay tax on it, if you grow that ten thousand to a hundred thousand, never pay tax. You don't pay tax on the gains. So it's either pay now or pay later. And we're going to reference this article: Roth IRA and Roth four hundred one k. The world would be a better place without them. I got this article from the editor of this podcast, Mitch, and he sent it to Tony and I. Speaking of Tony, there he is. Tony, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know what a Roth 401k is. We did a show recently on the value of contrib- contributing to a retirement plan in a Roth, conver- you know, Roth conversions, Roth 401ks and how that works. Yeah. yeah. And here I am reviewing an article that says we should get rid of these things. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, Dan, this is this is unusual because I know in past shows you have said that uh, you've been a proponent of Roth IRA. So I don't yes. know where you're going with this, but this article says the world would be a better place without them. And um, I don't know. You disagree with this, uh, Alicia Bunnell? Yeah. You think Obviously. I do? Well, I, I think here's you do. A link, here's a link to the article for those that are on YouTube. You can read this yourself. Normally, it's on Market Watch, and it could be any number of things. When Mitch sent it, now I did a show with Mitch years ago because I think technically he's a millennial. I think he is. He may not want to admit it, but we did a show on millennials and how they think about finances. So I did that show with Mitch. I want you to watch that when you get a chance, if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so this article is from Alicia Monell. Yep. Who happens to be the director of Center for Research, Retirement Research at BC, Boston College. Wow. Um, I've referenced the C, the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College a lot. We've done a lot of shows in the past. Right. Talking about their research. So it's one of the premier, premier, uh, really, uh, bodies that study retirement and what's good and what's not. And they've done good work there. Yeah. So when Mitch sent it and I read it and I said, Oh, Tony, let's talk about it today. My initial reaction, as you guessed, was this is a load of crap. 
truly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I look at the headline and then I read the article. Right. Okay. And I said, this has got to be a load of crap. It does because it, it just, you know, so I'm going to go through this three reasons why she says this. Now I'll tell you how I feel afterward, but I'll tell you my initial gut reaction was this is some 20 something without any worldly experience writing about getting rid of the Roth. Uh-huh. But then I come to find out it's not, it's actually someone that's been around the block. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and not only has she been around the block, I mean, her reading her bio is like she seems to be set up to be the premier expert on the subject. I mean, uh, at yeah. least on retirement and what's good in retirement and bad. I mean, she's the director of management services at Boston College uh, School of Management. Uh, she's the director of the Center for Retirement Research uh, and she was also a member of the President's Council on Economic Advisors. Uh, she was uh, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Economic Policy. I mean, she okay. spent 20 years at the Federal Reserve. Um, she's uh, it's unbelievable. She was the co-founder and first president of the National Academy of Social Insurance. And uh, she was a member. She's currently a member of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences and the National Academy of Medicine and Pension Research at Wharton. Unbelievable, really. Okay. I mean, and it goes on. Those are that's just the tip of a giant iceberg of knowledge that so, she is. <laughs> so my initial reaction of this is a load of crap is followed up with. All right. Well, this is someone that knows what they're talking about. Or should um, yeah. I served as a, on the advisory council for some president? I'm assuming, yeah, Clinton. I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, I didn't bother looking, but okay. Yeah, so no. The time, the the right? dates, the dates uh, from '95 to '97. So that would have been Clinton, right? So after reading, yeah, I think so. So after reading the article, and I'm going to go through the three key points one by one that she sure. makes. Yeah, um, I. My initial reaction is this is a load of crap to now. This is an, a load, a load of elite crap. So <laughs> spoiler alert. Okay. Let's go through this, Tony, because I, I really need to talk about this because this sure. idea of eliminating Roth, it gets me a little agitated because you know, I love it. You know, I love the Roth. Um, reason number one, she says Roths are a federal budget gimmick, federal budget wow. gimmick. Okay, so I looked at this. I didn't understand what she meant by that until I read it. And I urge people to read the article if they want, but it's short. But the, the quote from this article that she writes is the reduction in revenues that would occur outside um, that are, would occur outside the 10 year window do not count for budget scoring purposes. So what, do, what does she mean by this? When you when you put money into a Roth, you pay taxes immediately, which the government loves. So the government says. Hey, look, we're getting immediate tax revenue instead of later when they take it out. Mm -hmm. But what they fail to acknowledge and what she's saying here is by getting money immediately, the government is foregoing future revenue of the growth because you pay taxes on the growth in a traditional IRA. Right. Whereas the Roth, you don't pay taxes on it ever again. So her complaint is the federal government saying, well, look at all the immediate revenue we get. And when you say, well, you're not going to get the future revenue. They don't care because it's past 10 years and they don't look at past 10 years for budget scoring purposes. So this for the purposes of budget scoring, for those that actually score this stuff and say this is good legislation, um, it looks better on paper because you get immediate revenue 
versus delayed gratification, which we just did a show on last week. Right. So to, to, to her, I say, great, because I really don't care how much revenue the government gets. I prefer the revenue to the government to be down. I would rather the individual right. saver right. have more in their pocket than have money into the government's pack pocket for taxes in the future. Right. And that is, I read the article as well. And obviously I don't have the same knowledge and perspective you do, but the immediate reaction I had after reading it was, wow, this is, there's no purpose for this article. And as I read, I'm nodding in agreement. Yes. The government, the individual does better with a Roth than a traditional and the government does worse because they, they end up collecting less taxes. Yes. And I said, that's what we've been saying. She is saying the same thing you are, but she says because of that, it's terrible. Well, it's not terrible for you and I or our listeners. It's, it, terrible it, for the government. It, it, it's not great for the government. But but when we say not great for the government, it's just the government's taking in less taxes with Roth IRAs. Um, uh, she also, which is not a bad thing, they take in they can take in taxes other ways. I mean, the government is taking in. You could also write an article saying the current low tax rates are terrible and uh, they're horrible. They should be three times as much. Right. Uh, yes. For the government to make more money, they should be. For you and I, obviously, we that would be uh, devastating to a lot of people. It's like taxes should be much higher on the middle class. Well, no one would say that. And I can't believe she's saying that Roths are bad. Uh, yes, the government makes less in taxes. But I think, and maybe you're getting to this, uh, but the one interesting point that I've heard before, and this is this is a more uh, a, the liberal argument for this is Roths can serve as tax shelters for the uber wealthy. And there are people who abuse the Roth and use it as a shelter for buying private stock and not having to pay taxes on that. And some people have five billion dollars or five million dollars in a Roth. And I think that is um, that's taking unfair advantage of the government. And that's actually a legit point um, for wealthy people. I know you disagree. The only good point, the only good point, taking advantage of the government, more of their own. It doesn't make that doesn't make Roth bad just because people take advantage of it. It's just like the conservative argument on the on the one side that says, um, that says um, uh, food, you know, uh, you know, food to give people uh, uh, food tickets. What are they called? Like, you know, when welfare, food, stamps. welfare. Yeah. Food stamps. Uh, I, I love the ultra right wing conservative argument against food stamps is people abuse it. Right. People abuse the welfare system and use it to not to work. But if you really look at the data, it's such a minute. It helps so many more people. And she's doing the same thing. The few that take advantage of it to use it as a a tax shelter for the rich does not outweigh the benefits for you and I and our listeners. The average. I mean, if the if the one top one percent of the top one percent are using it, uh, uh, in a way they probably shouldn't, uh, and taking advantage of it, just say, Hey, this is a problem. Close that loophole and write an article about that. But to say Ross are bad in general is crazy. I, I, it could be sensational. It could be her way of getting the conversation started, but sure. They are suggesting, and this first one seems political to me. Uh, and I don't like, Oh, it's very, I think it is. I look at it from a financial standpoint and I prefer to have the individual 
with more money than the government. The right. same could be right. said about social security. A lot of people want to privatize social security. Would it have been a better uh, outcome if it was privatized? I don't know, but odds are it would have because the government seems to mess things up. So I think this is a <laughs> political one, but she does say in this article about this gimmick is that part of the funding for the uh, secure 2.0 budget thing that passed is they want to um, characterize excess contributions into a Roth to, to make them a Roth. So you get immediate tax revenue. So she's saying the government's using this to say that they're doing better in the short term, but in the long term, it hurts the government. I'm fine with that. I don't want to help the government in the short term or long term, to be honest. That's I'm here to help the individual. Okay. But you're getting to the second point, which for her was reason number two, Roths are a tax dodge for the high rollers. So this is getting to your point. Um, she said, according to the Joint Tax Committee, roughly 28,615 taxpayers have IRAs with more than $5 million. Um, How do you get a, an IRA? She doesn't say Roth. She says IRAs. They, they say IRAs. How do you get an IRA over $5 million when the contribution limit is 6000 or 7000 or Yeah, that was my question you to know, you because uh, I thought that was an old wives' tale that uh, the liberals just floated out there. Oh, there's, you know, there's, this guy had $5 million in his uh, Roth IRA, and so that's terrible. And, and I'm like, there's no way you can't have $5 million in a Roth IRA, but you explained how you can. Well, so the, um, the way... The, the example they use is from a, a uber wealthy um, guy. I forget the name of it now, what his name was. Um, but yeah, there's a was, couple of them. Um, he, I think they said uh, Peter Thiel, I think it was maybe. He, yeah. he has yeah. um, five, over five million or a billion or something in his Roth IRA. And so the idea is, okay, um, super high wealthy people can buy private stock in a Roth. So you and I buy inside the Roth. They can't contribute five million right, into you, a Roth. You, let's say that you put into a Roth, you would do a conversion, or you have a Roth four hundred one k, and you put in forty thousand in a year, and then you buy forty thousand dollars worth of uh, Apple stock. Right. That would be like the best thing you could have done in, in back in the day. Right. And then you let it ride. That's how you can get to have a high. You, but you're taking a risk. You need a super lucky high growth stock. But what she's saying is the high roller is able to put their private stock in there, get them at pennies on the dollar and turn that fifty thousand dollar contribution or Roth into fifth, you know, five million just because of a private growth in sure. a private company that maybe sure. grows IPO. And, and currently and there's no law stopping him from doing that. So her point is a little bit moot. Although if her point of the article had been, Hey, this isn't right. This needs to be stopped. The government needs to fix this loophole within a Roth uh, and limit it. Like if it, once it reaches a certain dollar amount, you have to withdraw it and, uh, right. I don't like, see, that's yeah, crap. I don't I'm, again, I don't like yeah. who's going to be the one that sets that's the limits. True. Once you have that's the government true. creating limits, yeah. it's like, well, what is wealthy? You know, yeah. like it's a hundred thousand. Yeah. If once it's over a hundred, you can't contribute. No, no, come on now. So yeah. the fact that there is fine. If you, if you want to say that this is a loophole or a way, 
then you could say, and she does in the article, let's eliminate the purchase of private stock within a Roth. You can only do public stock because public stocks, yeah. but you know, you can get a public company that goes, you know, parabolic and, and you can get lucky. They don't it's allow possible. you to trade a margin in, in, in a IRA. Um, so you can't leverage it. Uh, you can't buy options necessarily in a, in a Roth IRA. So, mm-hmm. but can you buy crypto? No, but what if crypto can be purchased in a Roth? And then all of a sudden we're headed you, that way though, because there right. are, there are ways to invest in crypto without actually buying cryptocurrency uh, there are actually funds now like you know and i think uh, even uh, gradient investments and other investment firms are looking at uh you can invest in crypto through a company that sells and trades right, right. Uh, yeah we're going that way you can invest in precious metals in an ira you could do a self-directed yeah. ira and so who does self-directed iras rich people do because they have the money right. they, can, they can take a gamble right so yeah. fine but that doesn't make Ross bad. Like you said, just because a right. couple of, and I don't even want to call them bad apples. They're not doing anything illegal. They're right. just using the tax code to their advantage. So you're going to eliminate it for the rest of us. You know, I think this is a middle class. Tool, I, yeah. I think right? she's, she's smart enough to know it's sensationalistic and will just, um, yeah, I get, but I think she really, after reading it, I think she really believes that the best thing to do would just eliminate the Roth. Right. Uh, she thinks that would be a carve out and fix this little loophole. Just eliminate it altogether. Right. Eliminate like, it altogether. And I don't like it. But uh, but that would hurt middle class people who use it in their retirement accounts as a way to uh, avoid having to pay high taxes later uh, and able to enable them to maybe retire when they want to or have a better retirement. And it shouldn't she be for whatever helps the average person have a better retirement. Right. right. And then if you want to pick on the outliers, go for it, but don't throw the whole flip, you know, toss out the whole barrel of apples just because you yeah. got one bad apple. Yeah. You, you know? can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, you read ahead. I have that written out. That's my conclusion. All right. <laughs> reason number three, Tony, let's move on to the last reason. She says Ross are an obstacle to fairer tax incentives. What does that mean? Quote, it gives the biggest incentive to high earners who are the most likely to save on their own. Okay. Well, how does that, what what does that mean? Here she gives the example. If a single earner, so someone's a a single person and they're in the top income tax bracket. So they're paying 37%. They're in the top tax bracket. They contribute a thousand to a traditional IRA. They get to, you know, a $370 tax savings that year because they're saving 37%. Whereas someone in the 12% tax bracket, which is a whole lot more people, they put a thousand bucks, they only get 120. So this, this proportionally. It's it's regressive. It's a regressive tax, like sales tax. It's a larger percentage or the, the uh, yeah. So her complaint is it's not helping the little guy out as much as it is the big guy potentially right. but the problem is she doesn't clarify potentially depending on situations well um, she does clarify and say she wants to eliminate the Roth 401k and and uh, and make the contributions to a 401k a tax credit rather than a deduction so if i put a thousand bucks into my 401k a thousand bucks should be a tax credit to me versus a deduction of you know you don't pay tax on it until later 
And so then she says, well, if you did that, then the rich people would then just go and put everything into a, a Roth because they would, they're going to pay the, they're going to get the deduction anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll just yeah. pay the taxes now and then have tax-free growth. And so it's fa- So the bottom line is she's like, you can't figure this out. You can't come up with a fair way of getting the tax incentives to to favor the poorer people because if you if you make it a deduction that helps the poorer people because instead of getting only 12% right off they get the full amount right off but then she's like well that will favor the rich because then they'll go with more in the Roth and then so she wants the cake and eat it too um, big deal like you can't I don't like this idea of vilifying the the wealthy for using the same tax code that helps the the, the average citizen. So no, the poor person in the 12% tax bracket still gets a tax break with the Roth. And they they still save revenue. Yeah, if, they if, still if save they money. Yeah, they still save money. They're still saving the 120. Yeah, is it is it the 320 that the wealthier person was? No, it's 120 uh, because it's a percentage of where they're at versus a percentage of where the, the wealthy person is at. But you don't want to eliminate it for the wealthy person and the and the poor person. I think there are much fewer uh, advantages. I think overall it's helping more uh, middle-class people than it is the uber wealthy. I, I just, yeah. Absolutely. I, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why she can't see that, but I get the, the standpoint where she's coming from is we need to make taxes more fair. And therefore uh, we don't like uh, taxes that, you know, we want taxes where the wealthy have to pay more and the, and the uh, less, uh, the uh, less fortunate have to pay or the people with less money pay less in taxes. And so uh, overall, and that includes invest, she wants that include their retirement investments. So I get, and I think, Hey, that's a noble thought. Yeah. Okay. But um, you know, are you doing it just to say wealthy people can't make more money? I mean, you don't want to, you want to find ways to help the, the people at the bottom to, to make more money, not, to find ways for the people at the top to make less. You know what I mean? I think that's the way she's looking at it from the wrong perspective. Well, right. She's trying to stop the rich from getting richer by eliminating the ability for everyone to benefit. And I don't like it. Now there's a couple of limitations already. You can't contribute to a Roth IRA if you make above 144,000 as a single person and deduct, you know, you can't do it. You're just not allowed. So this idea that, the top 37% tax bracket that, what is that? Like, I think that's like $450,000 of income. So they can't contribute to a Roth anyway. Now they can contribute to a Roth 401k. So maybe there's a, a, a some sort of tax code you could put in, whereas you can't do a Roth 401k contribution if you make so much. There are limits to a Roth 401k. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure there are ways to lessen the, yeah, there, I'm sure there are ways to lessen uh, or close at least a little some of the loopholes that allow people that are wealthy to do it. But you don't want to also close a loophole that could help somebody who's, uh, you know, in the lower middle class get to that wealthy point. I mean, you know what I mean? You want to, you want to keep pathways open. Let's eliminate the Roth conversion. All right. So now you can't take a million dollar IRA and make it a Roth IRA in one year. Um, You used to never be able to do that. They allow the conversions, 
So anyone can do a conversion, maybe, but those people paying tax that year. So I I don't know. I think you're right. I think she's trying to vilify the rich, but she's, and I think maybe it could be sensational, but this sensational from someone of this stature where presidents and economic policy are looking to her for guidance. Like this is no, this isn't me talking because no, who's going to listen to me, right? The government's not going to listen to what I have to say, but someone like her, who's in a position of power, authoritative power, who's in a, who's running a research department that people respect. Yeah. To, to, if she's doing this to be sensational, to basically, I don't think she is. I think she really believes. Yeah. After talking it through with you on the show today and after reading the article, I think she really believes that the best thing overall would be to get rid of Roth uh, 401ks and IRAs. And I just, uh, I can't disagree more. And, uh, you know, I, I just, disagree more. but then again, she does say we should do this or this, but because nothing ever gets done because they don't close these loopholes, let's just yeah. eliminate it altogether. I think that's the point she's trying to make is pointing yeah. out these are the problems yes. and nothing ever gets fixed. So just get rid of it. So it'll, the world will be a better place. But look and at all the from the lower power. middle class to to uh, upper middle class, that whole and even, uh, you know, uh, poor people, if they have retirement accounts they are benefiting. You're taking away a lot of benefits from a lot of needy people. Uh, how does she justify that? That would be, that's crazy, right? Right. This is why I'm, and I don't know, maybe I'll give her a call and ask, but yeah. um, shoot her an email, see if she responds. Right. I will. Because I think the question is, is she just trying to be sensational to point out the flaws in the Roth system for the rich and here, look at all the flaws. Let's fix it. But since no one's ever going to fix it, get rid of it. Cause that's just easier. And that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So that's why I disagree with it. I thought originally, I thought this is just some hack that's making sensational comments. That is ridiculous. What I've come to find out, it's not, it, the, the, it is sensational. It is ridiculous. And it's not a hack. It's someone that's actually intelligent and well-respected. Um, and so it yeah. makes it even worse. I think send it her a worse. link to send her a link to the show. We'd love to uh, maybe have her on. I, I mean, I think that's uh, have her on as a guest because uh, it is fascinating. And uh, and I respect, like you said, we've used uh, things from uh, her uh, the what she runs there at Boston yeah. College before. I mean, yeah. it's it's impressive the work she's done and uh, what she's accomplished. Uh, and she's an impressive person. This was kind of a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think I'm going to say I'm going to say that she's being sensational to try and get the conversation going. But if she truly believes that the Roth would be better off being eliminated, then I have a problem with that. And yeah, so you know where I stand on it. I think the Roth is great. The only thing better than that is at HSA. So watch my show on an HSA. If you're like, what? There's something <laughs> better than a Roth? Because I do believe the HSAs are better, but Roths are up there on the top tool for people to save for retirement. So don't, don't get on the bandwagon to eliminate these things. Cause you'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face. Speaking of faces, let's bring in my little twin sons here. They're not <laughs> little anymore. We'll let them talk about the, uh, the disclosure. Tony, thanks for a good show. Have a good week, everybody. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan 
to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.